step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, now, actually, I can do it now. You can do it now. Yeah, I can do it. I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no man. You got to be something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Minasa. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that's, stuff. That's, the number to call, 347-633-9365. Y'all got to take y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson here with you. And uh, let me tell you something. Um, college football, it's a wild deal, folks. It's a real wild deal, whether it's recruiting or it's coaching and the coaching carousel and all that good stuff. Uh, there's never a dull moment. There's absolutely never a dull moment in college football. So uh, again, there's more hirings and firings and all that good stuff going on. You better Strap on. Get your buckle up your chin strap, folks. This is going to get crazy. It's going to get wild, and it's going to continue. Um, you know, obviously, it's going to be a topic of discussion here on this show and on all of your local and uh, nationwide radio shows and television shows and all that. It makes good stuff for the media. It makes it very easy for the media to do their job. College football. It's just absolutely. Uh, a complete carousel. There's no loyalty in it. There's nothing like that going on. So, uh, yeah, like I said, buckle up your chin strap. There's going to be a lot going on. There's always some surprises, and uh, there's plenty of uh, those to go around. I think we'll have more this year than ever before. And when you've got all these coaching moves, uh, when you have all these coaching moves going on, it makes recruiting all that crazier. Um, you know, as kids try to figure out where it is they want to go, because as much as you tell them you're committing to a school, not to a coach, 
they uh, still commit to a coach and not just to a school. So uh, when you have a lot of coaches moving around, you get a lot of players and kids moving around. So if you're a fan of college football recruiting, you're going to get what you want, and that's drama. You're going to get a bunch of that here over the next few months, the ins and outs. Uh, Listen, men love gossip. All right, don't let anyone fool you. I know there are women out there that may be listening that are just bobbing their head right now like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, I've been said that. Well, that's true. Men like gossip, and you're going to get it. You're going to get all the gossip you want coming up here in the next few months as coaches move around, players move around, and all that good stuff. So that's that. Let's talk about a situation that many of us have been in in our lifetime. Um, You know, where, you know, just say, for example, you know, you're dating a young lady, all right, and, uh, you know, things are going well. You've been together for a while, but at some point in the relationship, there are things known as eye openers, things that happen to you, you know. And so let's say, for instance, you're dating a young lady, and, you know, like I said, things are going well, and then, uh, you know, suddenly you notice a little something. Something happens there that opens, you know, your eyes about the young lady that you're dating. So, you know, let's say, for instance, um, she shows you on one occasion um, when you're out that she's going to be a little bit selfish in this relationship, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever those signs, you know, may be. She throws that one out there to you. So that's a little bit of an eye-opener, certainly not a deal killer, maybe something small as you guys are out to a dinner or something, you know. Um, and you know, you just carry on with it. Okay. Not a deal killer. I'm very much in love. We're going to just keep moving along here. We all have our flaws. I know I have mine and carrying on and you just see the little signs here and there that, uh, yeah, it might be a little selfish. We'll just deal with it. And then you do something. Let's say you go out and you surprise your girl. You surprise her with a car. You're going to buy her a car. All right. And that'd be a big surprise when well, that's a big deal. You know, you go surprise her with a car. So you go buy her a vehicle, you name it, whatever the vehicle may be, and whatever's in for females these days. And you bring her the car, you have her cover her eyes, bring her out of the house, ta-da, there's the car. And she hits you with a, oh, that's nice, but it's, it's white. You know, red's my favorite color. How do you not know that? I mean, it's a nice car and all, but... I mean, you couldn't get it in red? I mean, how long have we been together? Don't you know red's my favorite color? She hits you with that. Now, that would be another really big eye-opener. Oh, and, and just really might be a deal killer, but you've been with her for a while. And you're crushed by that, and you just say, this woman is unbelievably selfish. I, I just, I mean, I don't even want to deal with this. So that was a major eye-opener. for. So now both eyes are open, but you're still in this relationship. And for whatever reason, you can't just cut bait and cut ties right then and there. You got a lot invested in it. Maybe you all share an apartment. Uh, you've intertwined your lives. A joint bank account. Whatever. Whatever the case may be, there's a lot holding you there. But mentally, you've checked out. Okay, this broad's way too selfish. This, uh, this is... This ain't long-term. Can't do this one. Yet you stay in a relationship. So things change. You know, you're just not into it as much. You know, whatever. You're not taking her out as much. Not doing the romantic things that you might have done before. You're still together, but 
you just aren't doing what you used to do because you kind of checked out. You realize, I'm not long term for this. This thing's just going to play itself out. And then at some point, I'm going to have to deal and face with the reality that we're just not going to be together forever. And this is we're going to have to go our separate ways. For whatever reason, I just can't do it right now. I'm kind of, quote, under contract. But both of my eyes have been open. Um, this is just not for me. So you're just kind of going through the motions. You're still a good boyfriend. Right? You'll do the romantic things. You'll surprise your girl with a car. You do all those. You're a good boyfriend. Yeah, not at the moment. Because uh, I'm thinking about my next move. Now, you know, I know there's females out there. Well, why don't you just tell them? I, I mean, why don't you just tell the girl and break it? Yeah, it's not always that easy. Like I said, you're under contract. So if you aren't ready to pack up and move on right then and there, you know, why address that at the moment? So you're just going to kind of go through the motion. What I just described is what I think is going on with Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. And I'm going to lay this out for you. Brian Kelly, uh, I think, is just kind of just going through the motions. Now, he would refute this vehemently if asked about it in a press conference. Uh, probably even get angry and turn Irish red. Is there such a thing? I thought it was green, but yes. Turn beet red, let's say, if asked this. There's probably only a handful of reporters in the world that would even have the balls to ask him that question. But I, I'm going to say this to you. Brian Kelly's a damn good football coach. He's a damn good football coach. And I'm going to tell you guys that when you have a football coach that's that good, that's been that consistent, and then you get a season like this, and we've seen these happen before. We've seen seasons like this happen out of the blue. I'm going to tell you 90% of the time, 90% of the time, it's because something behind the scenes is going on that we don't know about. Brian Kelly is not a 4-8 and eight football coach. He's just not that. And with that going on right now, with his – North, he's at Notre Dame, by the way. Brian Kelly's not a 4-8 and eight coach at Notre Dame. So when you have something like that going on, and you know a guy's a damn good football coach. I don't think there's anyone here that will dispute that. And if you do, you're, you're not wrapped too tight. You don't really follow this game. There's something going on. And so I've been saying it on this show for quite some time that Brian Kelly is looking at something else while he's coaching this team right now, this year. He's there. He's there in person, but that's about all it is. I mean, let's stroll through Brian Kelly's career. He's not had a losing season since his first season as a coach at Central Michigan in 2004. Since then, Brian Kelly's done nothing but win. He's had five double-digit win seasons. In his third season at Notre Dame, he's 12-1. and one. His record since being at Notre Dame, 8-5, and 8-5, and 12-1, and 9-4, and 8-5, 10-3 last year, now 4-8. and eight. And I'll give you, during the scale of your college football coaching career, your coaching career, you can be plus or minus two games. Plus or minus. So from year to year, plus or minus two games. 
So if you're a nine and four last year, eleven and two the next year, okay, or seven and six the next year, okay. But when you're down six from the year before, there's something going on behind the scenes. It's just not all of a sudden your team's not that good. Yep, stuff will happen. You may lose a couple more seniors than you expected, or you had a really senior-laden football team that played well, that all played together for four years, and they all graduate kind of, you know, at once on you. And then they're out of there, and you fall back the next year. You fall back two games. Maybe three, not six games. You don't fall back six games. And that's where we're at right now with Brian Kelly. They were a 10 and 3 football team last year. Now they're 4 and 8. Something's been going on, and I noticed it early in this season. This is not, a, this is not how Brian Kelly coaches football. And we could talk about the defensive coordinator, Brian Van Gorder, who he let go, whatever. Van Gorder was there last year. And the whole reason I'm bringing this up is their picture. Um, you know, reporters are on their grind, which was the tag I put on this Twitter post yesterday. But it's up if you go through uh, our timeline there. So, BG, on Twitter. Reporters are definitely on their grind. And uh, we had this posted. It's the picture. It's a picture of... Actually, I think I posted on uh, at Gridiron Studs. A picture of a, a ticket for a small plane. I'm going to just talk to you about this. Private plane leaving out of South Bend, Indiana, to Eugene, Oregon. Now, I don't know. You know, it's it was on Twitter. I don't know how authentic this is, but it would make sense, would it not? There's an opening at Oregon suddenly. Brian Kelly's a foot, good football coach, damn good football coach. And suddenly we've got private jets leaving South Bend to Eugene, Oregon. Oh, well, you know, there's always planes leaving South Bend, Indiana to go to Eugene, Oregon. That's just common. That's as common as, uh, you know, JFK to O'Hare, right? I think there were some eye-openers for Brian Kelly during his time at Notre Dame. And I'm going to tell you what I think those two eye-openers were for him and why it's led to what we have this season and what's possibly to come here for Brian Kelly and his future at Notre Dame. So we're going to talk about what those two eye-openers were for Brian Kelly when we get back after the break. Stay with us. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Be right back right after this. This beat is so, so rich, man. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process, for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiations, and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does, though. Get this MVP on your team. 
you can rely on MVP Property Management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MYMVPCC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills, and in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. GatorCountry.com is going to join me here at the bottom of the hour to talk about the Gators and the SEC championship game against Alabama. Do they have a chance? And what do they need to do to come away with some kind of a victory in it? And what would it cause for the Gators? Uh, What happens if they do 
pull the upset against Alabama. A very tall task indeed for uh, Florida. No one's giving them a chance. That includes the odds makers that have made them, uh, what is that, 22-point underdogs in this game? So uh, we'll have uh, Nick Delatore from Gator Country on at the bottom of the hour. Getting back to the topic at hand here, it's what happened to Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. And I'm going to say this to you folks again. You don't go from 9-10 win football coach at a major program to a 4 win, 4-8 and eight coach at a major football program without something happening behind the scenes. And I'm telling you, the uh, something be, I've been saying this for weeks now, if you've been listening, uh, early on I could see it. It just looked like, you know, Brian Kelly looked like that coach, and we see it every year. Uh, where they are, we get to the end of the season, they've done a good job wherever they are, and someone else wants them, and they're in negotiations or talks with other schools. And the team can't really finish out the season, or they really stink it up in a bowl game because the coach's mind is elsewhere. And the preparation is just, preparation's everything in football, especially in college football. Preparation's everything. And it's difficult to prepare if uh, half of your mind is on somewhere else. And this has been going on for a majority of the season for Notre Dame. And so Brian Kelly didn't just forget how to coach overnight. Notre Dame didn't just run out of athletes overnight. Something's been going on. And then we may have uh, a little hint. It came as no surprise to me that Brian Kelly has uh, has had to deal with rumors and Dodge questions, and he even took a few head-on and uh, probably dug himself a nice little hole. But uh, straight up said he wants a future at Notre Dame, so on and so forth. I'm not buying it. We've heard that before, just not buying it. But here's what I think's happened to Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. This is his seventh season there, but there are a couple of eye-openers for him. In his third season... Brian Kelly had an outstanding year. Uh, I think we all remember that. 2012, the Fighting Irish were undefeated, went to the BCS championship game here in the Orange Bowl, and got completely outclassed and manhandled by Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide. And I think that was a bit of an eye-opener for Brian Kelly. So I um, uh, I can have the greatest season in I don't know how long since, I mean, the 80s here at Notre Dame and have an undefeated season. I can have as good a team as I want, and I can go to the BCS championship game and uh, some team from the SEC or one of these other teams with, that can go no holes barred can absolutely humiliate me on the football field. And if you have as much pride as someone like a Brian Kelly, that's not a good feeling. So you start assessing things. And you start asking yourself, how much of a chance do I have here? That was a bit of an eye-opener. But you just came off of an undefeated season and you went to the BCS championship game. You did that in year three. You're early there. So eh, while one eye might have been open, the other part you're saying, all right, let me uh, see if I can tweak things here and there and I can get back to this championship game and we'll see what's up then. And so you try and try and try. The next year you go nine and four. Then you go eight and five. And so you endure those two fall off seasons. 
but you're still grinding hard. You're hitting the recruiting trail hard as hell. You're training. You're you're doing everything that you've known to do as a coach, a very successful coach, by the way. And uh, you start building your team back up, and then here came, here, here comes eye-opener number two. And that is you lose some key players on your football team for an academic scandal because it's very difficult academically at Notre Dame, and that's been the big problem for Notre Dame since they were that team in the 80s. Since the barriers have been torn down and opened up by the Internet for recruiting, this has been a problem for Notre Dame. And that is the academic, the stringent academics. And I know you folks, some of you out there, when they're, well, uh, it's not a problem for Stanford. Okay. Not everyone's Stanford, all right? And you don't know the level of uh, commitment to athletics. You don't know what support they get there. You don't know these things. We don't know them. I just know that at Notre Dame, it's a difficult thing. It's a problem. It's something to get around. It keeps some recruits from landing on your campus. Things have changed. And so Brian Kelly, knowing this, coming into the job, um, did all he can. I'm sure busted his ass to get around those things, get by them, deal with them. And year three gets all the way to the mountaintop and was just totally outclassed by Alabama and then makes builds it back up again to get back there again like he you know, felt he needed to, wanted to, after losing that championship game. And you go have a 10-3 and three season and then you know, somewhere in the middle of it, you have this academic scandal and you lose players because, you know, players are going to do what they need to do to stay eligible there because it's difficult. Eye-opener number two. So somewhere at some point, Brian Kelly sits here and looks and says, I'm at Notre Dame, and while there are a bunch of advantages here, if I don't win the entire championship, and as it stands right now, I'm pretty damn far away from that, as it was shown in 2012, what have I accomplished each season here at Notre Dame? I'm, I could win double-digit games. Maybe I get into college football playoff, but I'm not winning a conference championship. I've got nothing really to hang my hat on. I won nine, ten games. So what? what do, I, do I get a conference championship ring? Can I put a conference championship on my resume? Is that something I could trumpet to players? Is that something I could, you know wave around at anyone i don't I, I don't win a conference so i'm either getting in this playoff and winning the championship or really i've got nothing but my nuts in my hand at the end of the season and oh by the way while i'm doing that i've got to deal with these academic restrictions let's just call it that here at Notre Dame, i've got to recruit twice as hard as anyone else to get what i need here and if i don't get all the way to the end and win a championship what was this season? What did I really do here? Bowl games don't have that luster. It's not like back in the day I can go to the Orange Bowl as a number four or five team in the country and, you know, beat Colorado or somebody and hang my hat on that and say, hey, we're the Orange Bowl winners that year. It doesn't hold that kind of luster anymore unless it's part of, you know, the championship series. Remember when it was a great thing to call yourself the winner of the Orange Bowl, even if it wasn't for the national championship? That doesn't exist any longer. So at Notre Dame, you can't call yourself the champions of the Big Ten or the champions of the ACC. You either get all the way to the championship game 
and win it, or you've got nothing. And that's where Brian Kelly, I think, he, he assessed that, and that's where he came to. Eye opener number two, his eyes are open. And like the guy who hands his girl the car, and she's bitching about the color of it, your eyes are open. Now you're just in it. You start thinking about your next play. My next move. So I'm just here. I'm still a good football coach. But I need to start thinking about what I'm going to be doing next because this is not it for me. That's what I think happened to Brian Kelly. And he's been thinking about his next place all season long. He can deny it, but I see it. You don't, folks, it's plus or minus two on a coach, especially one like Brian Kelly who's been around the block for a while. You don't go from 10-3 and three to 4-8 and eight without something going on. And you all remember that I said that. Let me run out to the phone lines. I think I've got a Notre Dame fan on here that might want to chime in on this, be interested in hearing these thoughts. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. What's going on, fellas? You you guess this. It's me, Robert, calling from Michigan as a Notre Dame fan. First of all, I want to Robert apologize for not calling all year. Man, I feel bad. I just my schedule's kind of changed since last year and stuff. So like you know. But well, I figured this anyways, topic here would hit you near and dear to your heart. Listen, man. I agree with everything you said. I am like the least popular Notre Dame fan, as you probably can imagine, because with Notre Dame is old money makes people idiots, really, is what happens. They think they can throw money at situations or stuff like that, and then, like, it's going to cure, like, the problem. But the root problem is, like you said, that you have a bunch of nerds. And, it, and again, I'm not against academics, but what I'm saying is you can't try to have Ivy League in the school and then be, like, a dominant football program on the field. And I don't yeah. know I, I don't know if you guys remember, every time I would talk about Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, my thing was I wonder how he fits culturally. Because let's face it, Brian Kelly likes to recruit some players that questionable academics sometimes, which, again, you got to do that sometimes if you want to win at mm-hmm. the big major college level and stuff like that. Sure. So if I was play. him, I would have been. If I was him, I would have been wanting to go. <laughs> like, and – yeah, I don't, know, we don't know exactly how long. this. Maybe this could have started at some point last year. I just think last year was that the whole academic thing was the beginning of it for him. And this year, man, Brian Kelly's not a 4-8 and eight football coach, Rob. He's just not. No. No, and, I, but, and that's my problem with Notre Dame fans. They keep on wanting to fire everybody that's the coach. And it's like, you guys, I don't know how you don't understand, like, when you look at the talent that we have and not see that, like, the implications from the academics make it work. We have some of those frontline guys, and I think they have a delusion that we have, like, the depth because we have a lot of good first round, like, you know, a lot of good NFL talent. But once you get past that NFL talent, you have some people like, and I don't like to pick on him because he's on the team, he's a good Notre Dame guy, but people like safety, Drew Tranquil. I mean, like you had triple option teams pass in the passing game attacking this guy and, like, going after him. And it's like you just – when you have that – them restrictions, you're just – you're not going to cut the mustard, man. It's just that simple. And you're not going to ever be a legit national championship contender again at that point unless something happens at the top and people decide to change. It just is what it is. Yeah, man. I don't – you know. You know, so my question to you as a long-term fan, and you've been watching this and paying attention to it, where does Notre Dame go from here? You know, Brian Kelly's out of there. they got to hire another guy. Uh, who wants the job? Who do you go after? What kind of guy is going to fit at Notre Dame the way they need it to fit? Man, to be honest with you, this is my thing. It's It's sad for me to say this. I don't know, man. Like, when you have – when you're that – when you when you're that – 
uh, intrusive to your own success as Notre Dame is as an institution and you don't do this yourself, I don't really know. It doesn't matter who the coach is going to be. I said it the other day. Nick Saban could come to Notre Dame, and he would do the same thing. He wouldn't win at Notre Dame. He might win more than Brian Kelly because he's a little bit better coach, but he wouldn't just have this, like, you know, long run of sustained success. And I don't know. Like, from I grew up in the Lou Holtz era, and I'm not, like, a person that wants to go back and follow, like, all the coaches before Lou Holtz, but I don't, it doesn't, I don't ever really remember Notre Dame just having, like, a coach to just, like, year after year after year after year just had super sustained success. Like, they may have won a national yeah. championship, but it would be a, a peak. It would be a couple down years, a building year, then a championship, a good run, then falls back off, you know, peaks and valleys. So, I don't know, man. I don't really think that, I mean, people talk about P.J. Flag, but it's like, Brian Kelly is the original P.J. Flag with more success. Exactly. So it's like, we're going to see where he came from. <laughs> like, Central Michigan, we're gonna go rinse repeat. Yeah, and I like PJ Fleck as a coach. Like he's a real good coach. It's nothing against him. It's just it's like being the president of the United States right now. It's like being on the dance. Like it seems like it has all this prestige, but you're just gonna age a lot, and you're just gonna get stressed a lot, and you're just gonna get a lot of gray hair, and that's just all there's gonna be to it. So you know what, what is saying? what is you know, obviously you want to keep playing big-time football at Notre Dame. You know, that's not going away. So what does Notre Dame do? Do they, you know, do this kind of thing that we're talking about here? You get the Brian Kellys and the P.J. Flex of the world and know that in five years they're probably going to be out of here. Uh, they're going to come to some realization. So you use it as a stepping yeah. stone job, which is what Miami was yeah. in its heyday. Five years. See, the problem – the problem with Notre Dame, though, is, like, it's such a bad situation. It can stain your legacy so bad because people look at it. People just aren't that smart, man, when it comes to watching sports and realizing what's going on. So they'll look at that, and, like, it it won't elevate you like you think. Like, if you look at Notre Dame coaches after they leave Notre Dame, they kind of just, like, they fall by the wayside. They become a who's who of coaches. Cause, I think they stay like, a little too long, just, though, Rob. I think that's what happens. Oh, they yeah. stay a little too long. Yeah. Yeah, so like maybe Brian, Brian Kelly left before this year, but I think I think he might have done a smart thing here. I think early on in this year he knew uh, that this was going to be it, and he put the feelers out there so that you know people knew that uh, his mind was on getting out. So now the four and eight doesn't look as bad to those folks he put the feelers out to. Now if he didn't put any feelers yeah. out there anywhere, it would just look like, oh, man, maybe this guy isn't that great of a coach. Despite, yeah. you know, the longstanding history he's had, if you put those feelers out there early, then they understand that there's something going on there, and this is not a typical Brian Kelly year. And to be, yeah, and to be fair to him, you're right. His, his, the, to the other coaches' level of success just wasn't sustained like his. So, coach, people kind of know that. If you're a smart AD and have looked at the whole history of Brian Kelly, you have to know, especially like I don't like LSU, if I was done, I would have been trying to put out Phyllis and, and get Brian Kelly down there before I would have hired uh, all Ed or Jerron. I'm not a big fan of him being a head coach, but, you know, teach his mm-hmm. own. I'm just saying, like, Brian Kelly right. needs to go somewhere where it fits him culturally, where he doesn't have to worry about a kid getting a 25 on the ACT and having four, like, languages. And that, that if they just did simple stuff like drop that freshman calculus. Man, I grew up around lots of kids that are from the inner city, man. You just don't get freshman – you don't, you're not going to be freshman calculus ready coming out of the inner city school. So then that forces you to recruit to Catholic schools only, or there's going to be a few good kids. You know what I mean? There's going to be a few kids that are stud athletes and stuff like that, and they're going to also be studs on the football field. But man, trying to fill it in 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 2016, trying to fill the team like that, 
It's just not that you're going to do what, just what Brian Kelly does. You're going to have once every three or four years, you're going to have a spike and a great season, a memorable season. But like you said, it's not going to be memorable because you don't have no championship as a conference. And I, I, I concede to you and everybody else that's been saying for a while we need to join the conference. Like, we just have to. Now. Yeah. Like, that's the one yeah, key to success. You got nothing there, man. You just you need to get I, in a conference. I, yes. When people compare us to Stanford, it drives me crazy because, man, like, I don't think people, like, people are so angry and they just want to spew that they don't realize, like, playing the national schedule how we do, man, like, it is just different than playing in the conference where, like, you're playing in the same region, you kind of know the teams and stuff. Like, you're going to all these big venues. Like, Texas, I know Texas isn't great this year, but whenever you go to, like, power states like Texas, Florida, these places, you open the season, you don't know what they got going. You got guys that are track stars and stuff, and the team may be disjointed or whatever, but you don't you don't know how to attack them being disjointed because it's the opening of the season and they got these stud athletes that can beat you in a one-game setting regardless if they suck for the rest of the season or not. So it's just way different in my opinion. Going like last year we lost to Clemson and Ohio State and Stanford. Like, I mean, like you're going from one coast to the other. You're playing all different weather, all sure. different times. And that creates sure. a resentment. The other reason it increases your resentment, though, everybody looks at Notre Dame and, like, hates Notre Dame. And it's for right reasons. So we're kind of sending kind of. It's kind of pompous. Everybody else is doing one thing and we're doing the other. And God so, like, we don't get favoritism. Yeah, basically. So we don't even get favoritism. Like, the year we won, went, went to the national championship game, people don't remember, we were about to get holes for Kansas State had they won. And they were, I think they would have had a loss. No, they didn't want to have had a loss. But still, we had, like, a top five schedule that year where people didn't want us in because, you know, we're Notre Dame and, Hey, I mean, we deserve kind of be hated. You kind of deserve what you get at the end of the day sometimes. You know, yeah, kind of, uh, true, man. The the future for them is going to be interesting. Hey, what happens with Brian Kelly here in the next month or so uh, or two is going to be very interesting. Uh, I don't know if anyone ran down the uh, all the leads on the on the on the the ticket that was posted on Twitter for the private jet uh, leaving out of South yeah. Bay to Eugene, Oregon. But uh, you know, do what you will with that. I just think he's. What's that? If they offered that job, I would take it before they could, like, before the ink could dry out, or before they could even finish the contract up. I would, I would be accepting it. I would be. No, Rob, I, you know, he's probably been he's probably been in discussions with these people for quite some time. Oregon knew early in the season they were going to have to fire Helfrich, and you know, like I've been saying on this show and all season long, uh, Kelly has been coaching like his mind has been elsewhere. So for all we know, that uh, this is just. Uh, formality for all we know but we'll have to see man i appreciate you calling in man always like to hear from you thanks for calling in thanks man y'all have a wonderful day man all right take it easy that's our resident Notre dame fan robert billa there man it's just this is just what i've been seeing um you, you brian kelly's not a four and eight football coach just not so something's going on there and y'all keep this in mind when you see this happen in other places when the team goes from nine and three to five and seven, something's going on. It didn't just happen. Those things don't just happen, especially at major programs where you know there's some consistency in recruiting and the level of talent that you have there. You don't just get five games worse talent through there. I don't care how many kids have graduated. I care how many top players have graduated. It's just difficult for that to happen. Now, if you're one of these players, if you had a phenomenal talent, like out of this world, Heisman Trophy type talent, you might fall off three, 
possibly maybe even four games the next year. But still, very difficult. You know, like if Florida State would have lost both Jameis Winston and Dalvin Cook after the year that they won that national championship, you might have seen a fall that that hard. Two very elite players, one-of-a-kind players, leaving at the same time, you might experience that drop-off. But we're talking minus six here for Notre Dame. Ten and three last year, four and eight. That kind of stuff doesn't happen. And Notre Dame last year did not have uh, a Jameis Winston or a Dalvin Cook. They didn't have that. So we're not even in that kind of situation, and they fell off six. Something's going on, folks. I'm going to take a break. When I get back, more college football discussion here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with us. fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. WrestleMania 3 at the Silver Dome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guest at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. 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 nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Ooh, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, yeah. Macho Madness, yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania 3. Yeah, let me say it, yeah. Let me say it out loud. And let me point 
to the president of the World Wrestling Federation, the Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision, yeah. I am the queen. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com will be on to talk. The Gators versus Alabama in the SEC Championship coming up here this Saturday, so stay tuned for that. What are the Gators going to do? How are they going to overcome the world? How are they going to shock the world on Saturday and win a game that no one they're going to win outside of the uh, campus? Even know how much fans think there, but outside of the, let's call it the athletic complex. No one outside of the athletic complex believes the Gators are going to beat Bama. How are they going to pull this off, shock the world, essentially shock the world? How are they going to get that done? So uh, Nick Delatore will be on with me the bottom of the hour to talk about that. Uh, coaching carousel, I told you it's moving. It's only going to get uh, move faster and faster here as we uh, move closer and closer to the end of the season in the bowl games. What's going to happen at Houston? They've lost their coach. Tom Herman is on to Texas. So someone's got to coach at Houston and keep that thing going. Herman got it all riled up there at Houston, so who's the best man to uh, keep it going? And according to sources, Les Miles is a candidate for the job, as is Lane Kiffin. Do we want to see Lane Kiffin back as a head coach somewhere? Does Lane Kiffin want to see himself back as a head coach? Only caused him pain. But you can't, you know, take a dump on a guy. Pete Carroll was a, a almost a, pretty much a laughing stock after his stints with, uh, with, with the New England Patriots. And he found himself as a coach of USC and is now uh, one of the most respected coaches in the game of football. So, you know, Lane Kiffin deserves another chance. But is that what he wants, or does he enjoy life as a coordinator where not so many eyes are upon him? Unless it's Nick Saban cursing him out on the sideline, in which case uh, several million eyes are upon him. He's also uh, a man up for the job as the uh, offensive coordinator in at LSU to work for a man who once worked for him. I don't know if folks realize that Ed Ogeron was uh, an assistant on the staff of Lane Kiffin at USC. And it would be a little bit odd and wild uh, to see now Kiffin turn around and be on the staff for Ed Ogeron at LSU. Nevertheless, uh, that talk continues. When asked about it, Nick Saban, when asked uh, you know, about the other opportunities out there that Lane Kiffin's name seems to be coming up in, um, Nick Saban said, I'm not aware of any of these other opportunities for Lane Kiffin, and I'm sure if there's some that existed, he would have discussed them with me. You betcha. Do we believe Nick Saban when he said, do you believe he's that shut off from the rest of the world? I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, given the kind of focus the man has shown and preached, is he really that cut off that he's not even aware that people are discussing his uh, offensive coordinator's name and a number of job openings, including what would be a lateral move to uh, your biggest rival in the Western division of the SEC? Is is he like, 
Are we to believe that he's totally oblivious of that? Not even aware at all that it's been mentioned that uh, Kiffin is a candidate to join the Ed Ogeron staff? I don't know what to believe there. That would be extreme focus. That would mean like Nick Saban leaves his home, drives in silence or listening to whatever he listens to, Tom Petty, uh, you know, in the car, no talk radio whatsoever. And in Alabama, no FM radio either because they're liable to give Alabama news on FM radio out there. Nothing but uh, his own tunes gets to the complex there, and it's all 100% Alabama football. Practice prep, weightlifting, 100% all Alabama football. No television, and there are a bunch of televisions. I've been in that complex. I've been in the football complex at Alabama more than once. Plenty of televisions. So even on mute in this day and age of the ticker, even on mute, you could still tell what's going on in the world of sports. So he's not looked at any televisions, none, while in the building to where he's totally oblivious that his offensive coordinator's name is being thrown about for several job openings? That'd be a tough one. At some point, someone's got to, you know, on video, follow Nick Saban around for an entire day if they could get that done. Don't know if Nick would allow that, but nevertheless, totally oblivious. So Les Miles and uh, Lane Kiffin up for these jobs. Dana Holkerson also up for the uh, apparent, let me not say up for it. It's just rumored to be. That's a bunch of what we got in this day and age, rumors. Rumor to be up for the opening over there at Houston. Who's best for that job, I would say? Who, who's the best guy for that job? Is it Kiffin? Do you give that job to Les Miles? Would Les Miles be the guy for Houston? I don't know about that. You know, I think at Houston, you've got to be entertaining. You're not winning national championships at Houston. It's just not going to happen. Even if you go undefeated, you're going to be looking at the whole thing that Western Michigan is looking at right now and that is trying your best to crack into the top ten, even when you're undefeated. I mean, didn't Herman and those guys kind of go through this last year? You just Your schedule is not going to be respected. So, Les Miles, I don't know how entertaining his brand of football is. Not very entertaining. You can get away with that at Oklahoma State and LSU where, you know, you're doing what you got to do to win. And you can win, as has been proven, uh, a championship at one of these top schools doing what it is that Les Miles does, play very good defense, run the football pass when you need to. But that is not going to fly at Houston. To get folks to games there in a, in a town, oh, by the way, that has an NFL franchise, you're going to have to be entertaining. You're going to need to win games, maybe not win them all, but folks got to be entertained. And in this day and age, entertainment means offense up points and can less miles operate in that environment can he be okay winning a game 42 to 35 i just you know old dogs and new tricks i just don't know that he'll be able to do that now in that case lane kiffin an offensive guy he'd be just fine with that type situation 
hey, you guys, hurry up and do whatever it is you're doing over there in defense. We need to get the ball back and get it back in the end zone. So Lane Kiffin, probably a better fit. Is he the ultimate fit? I don't know. And what, Char- what is Charlie Strong doing? I'm sure Charlie Strong is going to avoid the trip back down, which is what Houston would be from Texas. Going to want to avoid that trip back down to a Louisville. But is that, are that, is that going to be the only job that uh, type job that's going to be available to Charlie Strong? And does he benefit from hanging out a little bit, hanging out of college football as a head coach for a little bit? We'll just have to see on that. Are folks still crying about uh, the officiating in the Michigan-Ohio State game, or are we still crying about the rankings? I mean, I went for a long time on that one yesterday, the rankings. I just can't have people in a suit telling me who the hell is uh, the best teams in the country. I just can't have that. just don't understand why we're accepting that as college Football fans, I I don't understand. The other thing on the table today, Brian Kelly uh, has checked out a lot, just like that boyfriend that has had some eye-openers in a relationship with his girl and for whatever reason just can't leave right away. He's under contract, so to speak. So he's just going through the motions. I think that's been Brian Kelly in 2016 at Notre Dame. Just going through the motions. My mind is elsewhere. I've had my agent start talking to some other people. Let's see what else is out there because this isn't it for me. Between having the best team that I could possibly have here, go 12-0 and and then get completely manhandled by Alabama in the championship game, and then rebuilding this thing back and getting it to where I finally needed to go, and then looking at this academic roadblock last year where I had players suspended, and then now it's turned into some other stuff where we're getting sanctioned. So on top of all the other restrictions I have, I'm getting sanctioned by the national, by the uh, college football, by the NCAA. And they're taking away wins. They're like deleting a whole two season of wins. This is not. This is too much for me. And of course, before the uh, sanctions and those types of things are announced, uh, the staff, the administrators, and everyone at the school already know that. You know, there's an investigation and there's a possibility he knows what's coming down the pike. And I'm saying that because, you know, Brian Kelly knew that they were under investigation and uh, probably knew what the likely sanctions and outcome of this would be. So he's known this all season long. And I'm telling you, he's had his mind on uh, the next gig, knowing that this is up. Now, he's, keep, he's, he's telling you left and right he wants to be at Notre Dame. I'm not buying that. Just not buying it. He's had his eyes open. This is championship weekend in college football. We have all these conference championships. It's another thing Notre Dame can't participate in, so unless they win a national championship, what can they say about their season? Oh, we won nine games, we won ten games, great. We're not a conference champion anywhere. Kind of makes that job less appealing, but nevertheless. Conference uh, championship weekend kicks off tomorrow. Yeah, the MAC Conference Championship, Western Michigan versus Ohio. I guess everyone expects Western Michigan to win that one. That's a 7 p.m. kickoff. Find that on ESPN2. Pac-12 Championship game. Uh, I've seen this being discussed on Twitter. Why is this game on Friday night? I've got a simple answer. It's not USC's not involved. 
Put USC in this championship game. It's not on Friday night. Plain and simple. Not. It's a Saturday night marquee game. It'd figure that out some kind of way. Even if it was determined in September that this game would be on a Friday. Put USC in it. Something changes. Like the time and date. Nevertheless, 9 o'clock is the kickoff time tomorrow night. You know, in the midst of uh, heated playoff rivalry games and chances to go to championships being played on a Friday night. Despite all that, Colorado's going to play Washington in the Pac-12 championship at 9 p.m. Finding out some kind of way to divide your attention on that. On Saturday, uh, the American Athletic Conference championship game is at noon, Temple versus Navy. Conference USA Championship, Louisiana Tech at Western Kentucky. That's going to be noon. Big 12. They're calling this a championship game? What's the Big 12 doing? What are y'all? Come on, what are y'all doing? Number 10, Oklahoma State taking on Oklahoma. It's in Oklahoma. Cut it. Why are they listing this as a championship game? Cut the BS. Stop. That game's at 12.30 start, though. The SEC Championship game that I'm going to be discussing with Nick Delatore coming up here in just a minute. That's a 4 o'clock start. Alabama taking on Florida. Mountain West Championship game, San Diego State at Wyoming. How about Wyoming coming out of the depths of hell? Great job done uh, by the staff there at Wyoming to get back to this. They're going to take on a highly touted running back Donald Pumphrey from San Diego State. That's a 745 start. ACC Championship games at prime time. It's Clemson versus Virginia Tech. Most expecting Clemson to win this. Don't sleep on Virginia Tech, folks. Game's happening in uh, Camping World Stadium. Yeah, that's right. Camping World Stadium, Orlando, Florida. Then the Big Ten Championship game, 8 p.m. Um, where's Ohio State and Michigan? We every Listen, everyone put one of those two teams in this championship game. What's going on there, Big Ten? Talk to me, people. For the second year in a row, neither one of those teams are in this thing. Why is this happening to the Big Ten? I know this is not what they want. It's not what they want. They need Ohio State or Michigan in this game, and it's not happening. It's Penn State, and they're taking on Wisconsin. This is not what they want, I promise you. That game's at Lucas Oil, and it's coming on at 8 o'clock. I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, Nick Delatore joins me here. We're going to talk Gators football and uh, the Gators versus Alabama in the SEC championship game. That's coming up next. Stay with us. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can stop us now. Sure, someone's gone, winter's here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. 
The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper soul at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. That's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! something here from uh, Bruce Feldman here on Twitter, stating that he thinks Les Miles would be a uh, good move for Houston. No. Okay, no. I, I tell you, I rebuke that right now. Houston's not going to win championships, so you got to be entertaining if you're going to get people to your games in Houston. And Les Miles football, not entertaining. Okay, Not. So let's wake up on that media. All right. It's uh, time to switch over to the SEC. There is a championship game in this conference, like a legit championship, not one where you called ESPN and had them put it up on their website as a conference championship like the uh, some conferences I know, <laughs> Big 12. Um, so we're talking a real championship game, and it's Alabama, and it's some team from the east. Uh, that team happens to be Florida. So I've got Nick De La Torre on with me from GatorCountry.com. We're going to try and figure this whole thing out how uh, this team that made it through the East is going to somehow beat the juggernaut of all of college football. you ready for that, Nick? Uh, yeah, I think I'm mainly ready for it because I don't have to wear pads and I don't have to play.
play against Alabama. Yeah, so uh, we've got that, man. I've looked at some of your tweets this week. Uh, this one here stood out to me. If you subtract the points Alabama has given up this season, 137, from points they've scored, 473, they would still outscore UF, 336 to 265. That's a damning stat, Mr. Delatore. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Uh, I was just doing research for a story, and uh, Alabama's given up the fewest points of any defense in the country. Um, just uh, a, couple, a little less than Michigan, and then uh, looked and saw Lane Kiffin's offense is kind of rolling, and uh, I know Florida struggles. Alabama hasn't given up a touchdown since October 22nd. Uh, so mm-hmm. the Tide are, are kind of just – it's a well-oiled machine right now on offense and defense, um, and uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of setting up to be like a David versus Goliath this week. Oh, no no doubt about it. I mean, it's amazing. What's what's the spread at, 22, something like that? Uh, 20, 24, mm-hmm. you know. which ties the biggest spread for an SEC championship game. Florida was a 24-point favorite against uh, Arkansas in 1995. They won that game with Danny Warfel, 34-3. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's really swinging hard uh, in terms of, you know, from a betting standpoint, all the money is pouring in on Alabama, so – when you look at it that way, uh, some casinos are going to close down um, after yeah. after well, this Saturday. Well, the line opened at twenty one, so it's even it's even kind of it's even grown three points since it opened. Yeah, yeah, no chance being given here. So I'm going to put the task on you to find out uh, what, how in the world can uh, David Stone land in Goliath's face Saturday at four p.m. <laughs> Ready to go. Uh, uh, well, you know, I think I've got the blueprint, and uh, it, it sounds real great when I it sounds great when I say it. Um, but of course, you know, I'm not blocking Jonathan Allen. Uh, I'm not trying sure. to tackle Jalen Hurts. But uh, we're all thankful <laughs> that that's not happening. <laughs> uh, mostly, my parents probably. Um, <laughs> if, if Alabama has been suspect at all on defense, um, it, it's been with their cornerbacks and, and against the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I say mm-hmm. that, and Alabama has the 11th ranked passing defense in the country, um, but yeah, they're ranked so one or two in everything else. So, so you, you try right. to find you know one chink in the armor. Um, so I think Florida's going to have to pass. Listen, it's Florida's. That, that, that's not what Florida does well. They, they need to be able to run mm-hmm. the ball. Alabama's giving up 68 yards on the ground a game. Um, so I think Florida's going to struggle to run the ball. You're going to have to try mm-hmm. to take advantage of the cornerbacks, which is really the only suspect area that, that Alabama has on the defense. And then I think you have to have a, a game plan similar to what defenses did to Florida last year, and that's turn Jalen Hurts into a passer. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. how dynamic he can be running the ball. He has uh, 840 yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground, um, 21 touchdowns through the air, but nine interceptions. So if you can somehow keep him in the pocket and force him to pass, I think if you can come with a game plan where – if Alabama's going to score on us, it's going to be because Jalen Hurts uh, did it through the air. So you try to keep him in the pocket, try to do your best to contain the run. Uh, and, and, you know, there it is. Easy as that, Chad. That's all you have to do. Yeah, well, sounds simple, man. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> go grab Florida plus 24 as fast as you can. Run, run and go do it. Well, we all know it's not that easy, but should Florida mm-hmm. – I, I drew a measure of encouragement watching Florida in that game against LSU because we all know how tough LSU is up front, is that front seven as good as there is in college football. And they were able to run almost at will at a certain point in the late in the right. game 
against LSU. So while we're saying they can't run, but don't you draw a little measure of confidence from the fact that you're able to do that against LSU, and couldn't you find your way there some against Alabama using those same principles? Correct what? Uh, yeah, yeah, Correct I think you can, that. and uh, I think you can. I think it's, a lot of that is also going to depend on uh, what does the offensive line do. Martez Ivy, uh, last week I watched him uh, with crushes, you know, leaving the field at, against FSU. He's been very good at left, uh, at left guard for Florida. Um, TJ McCoy, that's going to be uh, a, a big deal. How does he handle Jonathan Allen and, and, and some of those uh, glass eaters and fire breathers Alabama has playing defensive line? Mm. Um, can you take a, a, a measure of confidence from that? Absolutely. LT is a very good defense. And when Florida played them in the they were one of the hottest teams in the country. Um, winners of four of their last five before Florida came in, with the only loss being 10 nothing to Alabama. So if you look at what LSU was able to do in, in that game plan, I think you can take some confidence and say, listen, uh, even if this is, you know, that's our blueprint, that's how we have to do it, then, we have to, then, then that's what we have to do going in. And, and we've had some success against uh, a defense built similarly so, uh, mm-hmm. so we can try it. My only problem with that is um, we've talked about, I think, before, a, a coach will give you a game plan all week long. And when you have early success, you start to think, okay, maybe coach knew what he was talking about. And, and if you're right. Jim McElwain and Doug Nussmeyer and you say, hey, we're going to be able to run the ball against Alabama, we're going to be able to do that, and then you go out and you run the ball for a negative one, negative two, and then you have an incomplete pass and you punt, you start to think maybe coach didn't know what he was talking about this week. Yeah, it starts to weigh down on you mentally. Listen, mm-hmm. let's just face it. Uh, above everything else, Florida's going to have to be mentally strong in this football game. But last year they were walking into uh, kind of the same deal. Um, Alabama rolling right. along as they have for the greater part of a decade. You got uh, the eventual Heisman Trophy winner back there at running back. Uh, they were solid all the way around. And they managed to hang around and stay tight in this game. They were just so bad offensively that in the end, um, you know, it ended up being a two-touchdown win for Alabama. But, you know, you're as much as we might talk about the offense, they're a better offensive team this year, and they're just as good on defense. So what do you say to that? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say that. If you, if, you, if you hadn't brought it up, I was going to say that. Florida is, as you know, for everything you've seen the past couple of weeks, and uh, I know uh, the Twitter coaches, are strong and, and have their own opinions of what Florida should be doing on offense. Uh, but Florida's offense is better. Um, you, you can't even compare the quarterback play um, to what it was last year. It, it's, it's much better. Um, I, I agree with that. I think Florida is better. I, I think the problem is that Alabama's better. Um, it, it, on defense, they're better. But I do agree that Florida's offense is better. Austin Appley gives you something you didn't have last year. That's the threat. Um, of a passing game, the threat of a deep ball, uh, Florida just simply didn't have that. Then you just you know load eleven in the box, not worried about anything mm-hmm. Trent Harris is going to throw. So you put everyone in the box and good luck running. So if Florida can come out and, and like I said before, the suspect area might be um, might be uh, the, the cornerbacks. Florida's got playmakers. Yeah. Alabama wanted Tyree Cleveland. They wanted Antonio Callaway. They wanted Jordan Scarlett. Mm-hmm. These aren't guys sure. that you know, Florida had to settle on. So if you can come out and make Alabama respect the passing game, maybe that also opens up things for the running game, and then you can start hitting some play action. 
you just have to make Alabama respect what you're doing. And, and maybe you get an Alabama team that's coming in. Um, they kind of sleptwalked through Chattanooga a couple of weeks ago. So maybe you, you have an Alabama right. team that's thinking, hey, uh, we're going to be the one seed. Where, who are we playing in the Peach Bowl? Exactly. There you go. Um, well, you know, as we have to talk about every week, because it's been a big deal this year and for the last couple of seasons, but it's major, major, major this year. What's the deal on the on the uh, injury front? Is anyone coming back? Who was who was out this week? Uh, well, out this week are going to be the usual suspects. Uh, you know, Alex Anzalone, Marcus May, um, Jim McElwain said probably not for Brian Cox. Um, I, I would, I would be maybe not surprised, but I, I kind of expected Brian Cox to try to give it a go um, this week. He's a senior. This game means a lot to him. Um, another senior, Georgia native. Uh, this game obviously means a lot to Jared Davis. He played a, for state championships in the Georgia Dome. He's going to give it a go this week. I think last week he came out, uh, warmed up a little bit. And, and he was never going to play last week against FSU. I think it was go out there, go through your normal pregame, and see how you feel because we're hoping that you can come back next week and play. So, Jared right. Davis is going right. to give it a go. Um, but Deontay Lewis popped up uh, on the injury list with an ankle. Fred Johnson, the starting – not starting right guard, but uh, right what's guard. Up? What's Deontay popped, Lewis's status for this game? Uh, he's, he's probable for the game, but you, you have to wonder with an ankle injury – um, how effective can he be? Um, so mm-hmm. I think he'll give it a go Friday when they go through, you know, their walkthrough. Give it a go during the pregame and see where that ankle is at. Uh, Fred Johnson, the right guard. Florida fans cringe when they hear about players and scooters. Uh, Fred Johnson right. got into a scooter accident. Um, awesome. I, I think I think he'll be able to play. Um, okay. Seeing Fred on a scooter, that's a that's a large six human. foot seven and, guy uh, on a scooter could never be good. Yeah, the the shocks really. Uh, he he bought some extra shocks for his scooter. It's uh, it's interesting <laughs> to see him on that. Um, I I think he'll be able to go. Uh, to me, it's it's especially going against Alabama. You kind of need to have your offensive line at full strength, and, and I don't know if right. it is with with Martez Ivy and Fred Johnson. Um, dealing with those injuries, but getting Jared Davis back is big. Um, he's the, the heart and soul, not just of the defense of the team. This is the guy that came back. Um, he, he's just a warrior. Came back. He's been fighting through not one ankle injury, but two. He hurt his uh, ankle, I think, against Missouri. Came back, mm-hmm. played against Georgia, and then re-injured the other ankle um, the following week against Arkansas. So he, he's playing on two bad ankles right now. Yeah, I mean, good to have uh, so, him back. Let's just see at what level uh, he is right, able to play. Right. The good Antonio thing Morrison did that. Antonio Morrison did that yeah. last year, ended up pulling himself out of the SC Championship game, came to the sidelines and said, hey, coach, I tried to do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm more of a hindrance out there than I am helping. So you need to yeah, put somebody so, else in. You know, maybe you know, Jared would know that if that happens and, and just you know put the team before himself. The good news there is that his replacement, uh, Reese, has just been – uh, outstanding. Right. So you know, if he can't, if he can't go, Florida's still okay. They've got, uh, they're getting great play out of their their linebackers, um, and they had more depth than any of us thought. So all right, let's go tabloid here. Uh, the story this week, you know, after you know, fans, you know, you know how Twitter fans get. 
once again, I lost to Florida State, so fans losing their mind. They're riding, uh, they're riding Coach Mack, um, and you know some want him fired, as you often will see happen after you've lost to your rival. And then uh, the story comes up about Jim McElwain being interested in Oregon. Help us out with that. Where 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 are we at with that? Uh, it it never made any sense to me. Jim McElwain is in a, a state that is just overrun with with talent um, to recruit. I, I understand that Oregon's kind of close, but Oregon's not on the same level, in my opinion, as Florida. They were when Chip Kelly was there, and, and you were a national power. But you have to recruit nationally. You have to go all over to, to get kids. Oregon wasn't getting – these five, you know, four or five star kids, they were having to, you know, go out to uh, California and compete with USC and UCLA and, and compete with all these other teams. I, it, it never made sense. Which would to be me. a tough game you now. You're there playing Nick? right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you hear me, Chad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost you there for a minute. Okay. Um, it, it, it just, I get the, the proximity to home. Um, but to me, Jim McElwain is happy. Yeah, what, I don't think he hears, what, don't think he hears the fans. Week and, and if so, what was his response? We asked him about it this week, and, and he said no. Um, doesn't have any interest, and that he doesn't hear the fans as much as we do. Uh, you know, we spend a lot of time on Twitter. I think he spends more time in the film room than he does on Twitter. Um, sure. He doesn't really hear it that much, but he's also been at places where uh, he wished the fan base cared, and for good, for better or for worse, whether it's positive, um, you know, last last year, winning ten games, they wanted to, you know, they were fans are going to pick him up on their shoulders and parade him through the street. Um, right. You know, he has a chance to win ten games this year. Might not get to that number, but has a chance to this year. And, and you know, they want him fired, and they wanted to, you know, take the offensive coordinator with them too on his way out. So uh, he understands right. that. You take the good with the bad, and it's just a passionate fan base, and how that yeah, and you gotta, passion you gotta comes, comes out is a meaningful game. Mm-hmm. You got you got fans that care. I you know I I get that whole thing. Let's let's talk about offense since we brought that up. Um, the name Jared Stidham's been trending on uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did the Gators stand with that? He's a he's a transfer. Um, everyone's singing the praises of this guy. Um, how good is he, and what chances Florida have at landing this guy? Uh, he's a former five-star uh, quarterback from Baylor, 6'3", uh, more of a pocket passer. Uh, I think Florida's going to try to get an in-home visit with him um, shortly after this and, and really kind of look at him and say, listen, we've got two redshirt freshmen next year. Um, mm-hmm. We have Luke Del Rio that you've seen. What he's mm-hmm. not going to promise you anything, but read the, look at the writing on the wall. You have a very good chance to come in here and start at, at one of the premier programs, one of the you know historic programs in the SEC and in the country right away. So that's a selling point. Um, I, I was talking to somebody um, who, who works for Texags, knows kind of the, the Texas landscape, and he says, might want to see where Bryles, um, blanking on his first name, not Art Bryles' son, the offensive coordinator, might want to see where he ends up um, mm-hmm. because of that relationship there. Uh, but it, it's something to look at. Florida's definitely on the market. Um, I think they were in the market for Blake Barnett. That doesn't look like it's going to happen now. They're definitely in the market mm. for a quarterback, though. 
So tell me something. If if Florida lands a Jared Stidham, what's that mean for Luke Del Rio? And then what's that mean for the two young freshmen? I mean, because what, what would be Stidham's uh, classification? Like how much eligibility would he have? I I think he would be a redshirt sophomore. If we have or a redshirt junior, he would have two more years of eligibility. That's um, a tough deal for the two for, freshmen guys. Yeah, for the freshmen, um, you, you tell them what you tell them. Listen, uh, you you came here. Nothing was promised you when you came here. Uh, just because he's coming in doesn't mean you're you're not going to have every opportunity to start. We didn't promise him anything coming in either. So, if you want to leave, fine. That, uh, but you know, you came here to compete, and another quarterback coming in doesn't change that. We're going to recruit a quarterback every year, also, uh, who's going to have more eligibility than you. So, uh, to me. Does it affect a quarterback's mindset? Yes. There's only one. There's only one ball. Only one quarterback plays. It's not like playing cornerback, um, sure. or, or, or you're playing receiver where you get, you know, the sixth receiver in a game it could catch some passes. Uh, so it's different right. quarterback. And every quarterback coming to Florida has dreams and aspirations of being an NFL quarterback, and you can't do that right in the bench. So I, I understand that it is different. But to me, him coming, Stidman coming, or uh, another graduate transfer or transfer quarterback coming the coaching staff will tell you it doesn't change anything. We didn't promise you anything. You know, Kyle Trask or Felipe, uh, Felipe Franks, we didn't promise you a starting job. We didn't promise him a starting job either. So you have a so, chance yeah, to go and earn that in practice. It's a competition. Yeah, no no yeah. doubt about it. Speaking about a competition, man, while you and I were sitting here talking, I probably need to go back and check the line on a Florida game. It could have grown another three points while we were doing this interview right It's literally Florida versus the world. Yeah. 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 That's the attitude they've had all year. Fred Johnson actually Fred Johnson actually said we've been underdogs all year this year, uh even to North Texas. And I said, Fred, you were a thirty four point favorite against North Texas. I don't know what the coaching staff at least the coaching staff has made you buy in on the us versus the world, but you were not an underdog versus North Texas. Yeah, well they'll have a chance to experience it for real come Saturday at four o'clock. You are a real live underdog, my friend and uh, as big an underdog as you could be in a in a championship game. So we'll just have to see how the uh, Gators fare, what game plan they come up with. I think that's the biggest mystery for me. Just go see um, how they uh, attack this big tall tree in the woods that they've got to chop down. But, Nick, as always, appreciate you coming on and talking Gators football with us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Thanks, Chad. All right, Nick Delatore from GatorCountry.com. For all things Florida athletics, go check out GatorCountry.com. Uh, college basketball season is on the way, so they've got coverage on that there. Of course, they cover recruiting, and then uh, they've got several articles and insights on the SEC championship game between Alabama and Florida on Saturday. So go check them out, GatorCountry.com. All right, well, listen, Matt, we'll come to the end of another great Gridiron Stud show. Um, and listen, you're a Notre Dame fan. Not here to offend you, but uh, I just think that's where you are right now with your program. Where do you go next? And, you know, I'm not saying Brian Kelly's out of there, but it's kind of smelling that way. It's been smelling that way all season long. You know, maybe you diehards haven't been able to see it, but um, this just has not looked like a Brian Kelly coach football team, just not at all. Um, Has seemed distracted, and, um, you know, we'll just have to see where that ends up. Um, and we'll see how these uh, championship games go down. I like the fact that we have championship games, but they're almost meaningless because um, you've got folks in suits, dockers, or whatever the hell they are in a meeting room that come out and tell you who's going to play for your championship. 
stop accepting that, college football fans. You need to get behind um, a true a true division of the college football teams. Put them in divisions. Put them in conferences. Demand this. Stop letting Kirby Hoka tell you who needs to play for the college football championship. That's ridiculous. So uh, head over to GIS Show BG uh, on Twitter. It's a pinned tweet. I laid it out. All of the teams in divisions and conferences. Let's make this happen. I need you all to get behind this thing for crying out loud. Nevertheless, though, thanks for listening. Football Friday comes up tomorrow. Emil Calamino joins me. Uh, we're going to talk college and NFL football, and we're also going to talk about it's getting down to the nitty-gritty in high school football. So Joshua Wilson going to be on with me. We're going to talk about high school football playoffs here in the state of Florida as we're down to the final round. Uh, some championship games have already been set, so that's going to be a part of tomorrow's Football Friday show. So be sure to join me on that. And with that, I'm out of here. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up. And let yourself be seen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.